Underwear, a podcast where we explore the ideas, conversations, and stories underneath the sermons preached at First Lutheran Church in Milford, Iowa. I'm Pastor Perry Allgard. This is Pastor Brian Jack. And we're here today. Um, today we're working with a couple of texts from Isaiah. And the first one is from chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. And it's called The Song of the Unfruitful Vineyard. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard? that I have not done in it. When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It will not be pruned or hoed. It shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. And then continuing in the same book of Isaiah, but chapter 11 now. A shoot shall come out from the stock of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. And our corresponding gospel lesson from Mark chapter 12. Then he began to speak with them in parables. A man planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the season came, he sent a slave to the tenants to collect for them his share of the produce of the vineyard. But they seized him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. As I look at these texts... It's interesting that the to me that verse uh, or chapter five, the song of the fruitful vineyard starts out as a as a song, a love song, and it sounds like everything is good. You know, we've got this great planting, we've got great vineyards, we've got great soil, we've taken all the the rocks out, we've built a watchtower, we've got the the wine vat, we've got everything ready, and then the last line says it yielded wild grapes, and then it. Kind of goes negative for a little while. And then our next reading um, in chapter 11 goes back to a positive and a hopeful aspect. 
And then we hit the gospel and we're back in the in the dumps again. So it's kind of like good and bad and good and bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I've kind of, like you said, he starts off saying, um, I'm going to sing you a love song. And it's almost like um, some scholars think this would have been a really familiar song that Isaiah was singing here. But then it's kind of like he does a parody on it. It's uh, it's like Weird Al before his time parodying a famous song. And so he switches talking about sweet and wonderful things, and he talks about it uh, yielding uh, wild grapes, or they think sour grapes. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Perry, if in doing some brewing, uh, you haven't done wine as far as I know, but how does does wild or sour affect uh, the process or what happens there? <laughs> um, I have not had uh, the experience of, of- Running into sour grapes, but I would think that that it would uh, it would certainly um, wreck the the taste of the wine. Um, whatever you put into it is, in a sense, going to be what comes out of it. Um, if you put a foul tasting something in, it's going to come out foul tasting. Um, and that one of the the words that comes out of that, uh, the phrase wild grapes, um, actually would be stinky. Um, and, and that. Not something I want in my drink. No, not, not in a drink, not that we want to eat. Um, it's just rottenness, uh, something that's un, unuseful. So he's hoping for good grapes, good wine ends up with stinky grapes. Uh, and there's not even any point in making it wine. So there's nothing to use there. Yeah, a whole lot of work gone into this vineyard, uh, and with that, with those sour grapes or stinky grapes, whatever, however you want to translate that, it's uh, pretty much useless after all this work that's been put into it. Yeah, one of the the lines that's interesting. It says, "I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed. Shall be overgrown with briars and thorns." He's just given up on it, um, and almost. Um, the way that it appears is that he just uh, cuts it down, says, forget this, you know, uh, grape plant. Um, I'm just, or grape vine. I'm just going to cut it off at the root and be done with it. And I'm not going to care for it anymore because it's, there's no point. Yeah. And kind of the transition there at the end, explaining a little bit, maybe what he's been singing about there. Um, the Lord of hosts expected justice, but he saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. And so it's, uh, again, this familiar tune used in parody uh, to speak a word of, of judgment here. Um, so harsh words. And then to turn around and jump ahead to chapter 11, uh, we start there with kind of a familiar verse or passage. Sometimes we hear it at Advent uh, as a reading from the book of Isaiah. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse is kind of as I've heard it there. So I was wondering if um, you had any insight there too. I mean, why? <laughs> we think of putting up Christmas trees. So looking at a uh, stump of a tree as an Advent story, heading kind of into that season, um, wondering if you can kind of give us some background on what that image is about, the stump of Jesse and a branch growing out of that. I think as as we look at it, what ends up happening to um, Israel and Judah, so the 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 country of of God, uh, country of the Israelites, gets laid waste, and it becomes essentially a stump, where what was 
good and beautiful and what it could have been is gone. And all that's left is this stump. Um, but yet out of that stump, um, God is saying there is hope. There will be new growth that, that comes and um, is allowed to, allowed to make a difference, um, to, to provide that hope for, for another generation. I remember uh, as a kid um, going to a farm that my grandpa had been um, working and he had uh, taken, it, I don't think it was just a stump, but he had taken an apple tree and had grafted on different types of apples. So it ended up being uh, this tree that had two or three different kinds of apples in it um, and, and had taken the roots that was part of this one tree, essentially, and grafted other things on. So out of that, that root came new and, and different things, um, which potentially could, could give us that idea of God saying, this stump is not dead yet, but I'm going to put some new things in it. Um, and, and here's what's coming. And it's not just going to be the way it was before, but it's going to be a larger tree than what anybody had imagined. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. I think I've got that stuck in my head now, imagining what would it be like at Christmas time if I, I brought a stump into my house with a little shoot growing out of it as a way to think about uh, looking for Christ coming into our lives. But there's something interesting in there, too, about the idea of kind of these grand dreams, uh, whether it be that ancient Israel had for becoming a great kingdom in the area or in our personal lives, too, of, of dreams, hopes, expectations that we have for our lives, um, for the lives of our family or our community, and um, how we sometimes see, for whatever reason, that gets cut down. Uh, all that's left that we can see of it is a stump. And yet, uh, here's this hopeful vision that Isaiah offers here that God can bring new life out of that, uh, out of something that looks like a stump, out of some dream that's been cut down in your life, how God can use something that, you know, to, to pull from Isaiah's imagery here, something that looks like it's a waste and done with and um, that nothing more is going on there like a stump. God brings new life and uh, new hope out of that. And that's, that's exactly what, what God does all the way through the Bible. Um, Abraham and Sarah, womb as good as dead, new life comes forth. People of Israel, the Hebrews in slavery in Egypt, again, bringing new life uh, for them. Um, and I'm drawing a blank now, but, but over and over again, um, God is a God who brings life in the face of death. And, and the ultimate of that is Christ uh, at resurrection on Easter morning, um, taking what seems to be defeat and death and turning that into hope and new life. So God, I believe, I mean, that's a, that's a great analogy, and maybe we should all have stumps in our, in our house <laughs> for, for Christmas. There would be a lot less needles to pick up, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would uh, cause us to think about the Christmas season in a different way, too. And I was thinking when you were giving examples there, too, of um, the situation and circumstances that Christ is born into. Um, one, Mary's situation on her own, that uh, she's a young virgin, unwed at that time. Um, and so in that particular culture, it would seem like there is not a lot that 
could be worked with there. Mary herself is in a very dangerous situation there, being pregnant and outside of uh, perceivable marriage in the uh, the culture there. Um, and then what's going on, too, with the people under the Roman rule. They're not exactly, they're still a stump of what was once upon a time a great nation, and that's where God chooses to enter Christ into the story. Uh, this this whole last week, um, we were at uh, our farm uh, or at the acreage that we had previously lived on and uh, working on cleaning that up and uh, getting rid of some of the the junk in the past that's there. And one of the the feelings that that really hit me was that uh, um, you know by by not being actively involved in farming anymore, that was, a dream that that went away and uh, and in a sense died, um, but yet as I look at what I'm doing now, I can see that at least it feels like this is where I should be rather than than farming, and that was pretty pretty clear. <laughs> but a lot of strange emotions in and with that also. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of helpful as I think about again the two readings that we have from Isaiah and it kind of lines up one like God saying I had I had really hoped for this or really wanted this vision for you and clearly um, <laughs> that didn't work out to be polite about it yeah <laughs> um, but and so <clears throat> it, it acknowledges that loss or that mourning but then he grants a, a different one like okay I'm I still have a dream of being in a relationship with you, and I will make a way for that. I will work with this stump of the old dream to bring about something new and wonderful and hopeful again. Yeah, that that no matter how bleak it seems, there is always there is always hope in in something, um, you know. And and I guess the the ultimate or the you know is that when we face death and that stump does provide death and, and an ending um, with Christ, there is this, this new hope, um, that new shoot that grows forth out of that, which is our, our, our life with, with God um, in the eternal kingdom and how that, uh, how that um, does offer hope and does remind us that no matter how bleak it gets, Um, there is always something to be looking forward to. What is is a dream that you have um, that uh, is maybe a big dream that you have that you are working towards or really hopeful for? And how might that make a difference in your life? Yeah, a dream, whether for yourself, your family, maybe your community or Tell about a time where something new came out of something that looked dead, that you had really given up on, but yet God took a hold of that and changed it and brought a new a new shoot. So there'll be no stories about Vikings football here. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was there was hope last night, and they actually did win. So it seemed like it was new era beginning. They didn't (laughs) fail. They didn't let me down.